Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Highly Suspicious Podcast with Louie and Preston. My name is Louie. My name's Preston. Preston, it's been so long I forgot how to do that. Yeah, you were stumbling. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. But yeah, welcome to season six. We are joined today by someone that we've introduced in different ways over the time. We've introduced him as a producer, which he is first and foremost, and has made intro music that you just listened to, and all the ones before that, except for season one. We've also introduced him as friend of the show, you know, he's on here so much he's basically an honorary member of the show. If there was a third host of the show, it would probably be you, just because of how many times you've been on this bitch. You're gonna make me cry. You're a great guest, dude. But you really you've you've learned how it works. Some yeah. people still come on here and are yeah. like, uh, 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 but yeah. now you know what's up. I'm introducing him as a semi-professional fighter, <laughs> amateur, definitely amateur. <laughs> I think you're don't sell yourself short. But, yeah. Uh, well, I don't make money, so I'm an amateur. <laughs> we don't make money doing this. Uh, I don't think this is an amateur podcast. Well, that's true. They're trying to steal our swag, Preston. They're trying to take our formula, like the Krabby Patty formula, mm-hmm. but we're not giving that shit up. I'm Mr. Krabs. <laughs> who's, your, who's the plankton? All, all my ops. All my <laughs> podcast ops. All the podcasts. All the other podcasts. All of them. All the ones that try to steal our swag. We, I, speaking of which, I drove, I was going to work one day, and this truck in front of me was called something ops. And I was like, that's funny, that didn't grow, that didn't age too well. Ops manager. Yeah, some, some, I don't know what it was. They, but, don't, even, they don't even understand. The, the youngins are like, oh, ops. Ops. But a lot has happened since the last season, y'all. Preston got a fucking house. Mm-hmm. I've been on vacation. We've been doing so much shit. I don't know about you, but my head's been spinning how much shit's been yeah. going on. Which is funny, because it's summer, so it really should be a time for less shit, but... It's just the way it is. Uh, Amen as the years go on. Pick up mm -hmm. the work. The first weekend after the last episode aired, Pierce was on the road to Nashville to fight in his first kickboxing tournament. So, So you've been... Some people might not even know, bro. Which just uh, means that they don't know you, but you've been trained for this for over a year now, right? Mm -hmm. A little over a year and a half. Nice. You've just been doing the process and actually getting good enough where you felt like you could fucking be in the ring mm-hmm. and not embarrass yourself. Yeah. Or hurt yourself. Yes. Well, That's a big one. <laughs> yeah. What was that time like waiting that long? Because a lot of things, if you don't have substantial progress in the first year and a half, a lot of people drop shit mm-hmm. in that period. Yeah. So. I think it was... Uh, it was definitely easier for me because my coach has had so many fighters that he's had a process. And he was very upfront of how long it was going to take. And I think the biggest thing, too, is I was willing, you know, even if this took two years. Willing to work through the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I just signed up for it. Now it's the same thing with kind of like music. It was like, I mean, I've been making music longer than I've been training, obviously. Uh-huh. You know, I don't care if it's a 10-year process, man. Now, granted, if I had to train 10 years before my first fight, I probably just wouldn't fight. I'd probably just train. But mm-hmm. it's just about the time investment. If you're willing to put in the, the, the time. Do you think part of it was you 
like just enjoying training intrinsically on its own without necessarily needing the fight to justify doing it. Yeah, for sure. I like to train. You know, I'm a competitive person, so you know, even if I wasn't fighting, I probably would do it just to for good exercise, honestly. For sure. And you were a big track and cross country guy, yeah. so you're not afraid of the grind. No, yeah. It, it's funny though, when I was younger, it, I didn't do it for like the love of it. I did it because I was a competitive person, and I do like track. I didn't really like cross country that much the older I got, but track I loved. But, you know, I, I didn't. I, I remember talking to my brother one time where he's like, oh, I, if you could do any sport, what would you do? And he was like, I would run. And mm-hmm. I kind of ran because my older brother ran. I wasn't like forced into it or anything like that, but it's like, okay, I guess, you know, he kind of showed me a path on how to get good. So like, I, I know that it's possible. So I got good at track. But then, you know, as I got older, it's like, is this really the sport mm-hmm. that I'd want to, you know, go to college for or something like that? And I was just kind of... And the answer was ultimately no. Yeah. You didn't want to do that yeah. in college. And I'm still interested. Like, I'll still do, we do, we sprint for training and mm-hmm. I'll do track workouts. So I'll run fast on my own and I enjoy that. But, like, that's all I want from running. So, the fact that I can use that now to complement something that I truly do want to, like, compete at, then it was, it's cool for sure. It's been like a, it's, it's, it's full circle for real. I think that's the biggest thing why I've been so motivated is because, like, okay, I didn't really, I've been athletic my whole life, but it all kind of culminated into something that I actually really want to do. So. You get to Nashville. You don't fight the day you get to Nashville, right? What do you do beforehand? Because you couldn't smoke, couldn't drink, couldn't do nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. So what did you do to, like, prepare yourself beforehand, if anything? Uh, relax. Train. The biggest thing... You are training the night before? I wasn't yeah. training like before uh, because I, I was fighting... Uh, my coach was like, you don't really have to do anything. Mm-hmm. I was the only one that was fighting the first day. Uh, I had to do something just to keep my mind, yeah. you know, I guess kind of Yeah, you don't want to just just be anticipating the next day so hard yeah. that you just can't even focus on nothing else. I think the biggest thing is why it wasn't that hard for me, though, is because, like, my identity isn't solely kickboxing. Yeah. And if it was, like, back in the day when Then it was, it'd be all you could think about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All like, your eggs in one basket type like, of thing. Like, when we would have a track race, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's all I'd be thinking about all week. It's hard to keep your mind off of it because it's such, like, a... Not necessarily, like, dangerous, but just, like, intense. Yeah, and it's got to be present in your mind in some yeah, way. Like, yeah. you can't forget that you have the fight or, like... Yeah, you're not going to forget... Totally that. distract yourself yeah. from it. You're not going to forget that you could be potentially in some of the worst pain of your life mm-hmm. coming up. And that was kind of the coolest thing, too, is, like, I came out of it pretty unscathed yeah so that was nice Pierce for uh for our non-visual listeners of the show Pierce has a big old bruise right (laughs) under his uh right eye but that's that's really the only thing that's a that's a new one actually this was after the fight oh I had a big old black eye that uh that I got from the fight that's gone now though so funny enough I had an interview uh I was gonna go I was just walking in talking to a job and uh, I waited for my bruise to go away because I didn't want to have a big old black yeah, eye. Then he got another bruise. And looked like a fuck. And yeah, so I literally, I came in, I was able to go in bruiseless one day, but then the next day wanted me to come in, I had I had one from the literally the night before on the last one. Hey. It always fucking happens in the last round, bro. I swear. That's funny. <laughs> there are harder things to explain away. Yeah. a little bruise. But yeah. it's kind of like a fitness place, so I did kind of, yeah. I, I ended up telling them that I was a kickboxer, so hopefully they're pretty chill about it. Yeah, for sure. So going into that first fight, this is a tournament, but you don't know if this is going to be your only fight or not. Yeah. If you go out there, your first, I guess amateur, but I feel like 
amateur makes it sound like it's doing stuff like you were doing before, just off the records fighting people. Yeah. This is something Training, that's, you know, sparring on the record type of thing. Mm-hmm. What were your emotions kind of going into that? Going into this, going into the fight? The first one. The first, like right before? Yeah. Surprisingly calm. Did they have you like in a little room beforehand? No, uh, we just kind of like warmed up in a corner. Yeah. And then, but once you like sign up for your fight, they're not sign up, but like, like say that you're ready. Yeah. You can't like go away. Mm-hmm. So you weigh in and everything. Uh, so for the first fight, we weighed in the day before, so I didn't have to weigh in that day for the yeah. first one. So we just kind of trained in the corner. It's like this big old building, and we trained in the corner of the building. And then uh, I accidentally like checked in when my coach didn't want me to, so we ended up having to do the rest of the warm up like next to the ring. Nice. But I mean, it, it was fine. But you checked in prematurely, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we. So were, you just had to chill in there for a grip. Hey. Yeah, but we were we were warming up. It was cool. I was surprisingly calm. Like I thought I was gonna be like shaking. Yeah. But no, I was very good at keeping my nerves calmed down. I think that had to do a lot with like my belief in my coach. Like mm-hmm. really, because he's been through the process of a new fighter so many yeah. times, and just the amount of work I put in. Um, you so, felt ready, but like, yes, for sure. I so you didn't ready. have to be as yeah anxious I was, about it. Yeah, I was excited. I really was yeah. excited. I didn't think good. I didn't think I would be as excited as I was. I knew I was going to be. I was excited the whole week re- leading yeah. up. Yeah, well, it's what you've been we, working towards, really. Yeah, yeah, you know. So of course, but yeah, I was able to like stay pretty like even. Like I, I kind of felt like it was just like a. How'd you feel coming out? Le- like leaving after the fight, oh, I felt good. It was a very, big relief. Yeah, you say you got out pretty unscathed. Yeah, the first one especially. Uh, you were worried you were going to get Yeah, dude. Rock. That's the biggest thing, and I did get hit hard the first round. Yeah. And I was able to kind of be like, okay. Well, and there's something about getting like shit knocked out of you, and then you catch your breath, and you're like, all right. That's like, literally, fuck. That's, that's exactly what happened. I got hit, all right. right. Let's yeah. keep going. So was there a lot of people there watching? Uh, we only, I mean, watching me specifically, just the people from the gym for the first fight. We mm-hmm. had some uh, people. I mean, like the people in the place. Yeah, there was pretty. There was a pretty big amount of people. Cool. Because um, I know they might not be watching it just for you. Yeah, but yeah. I'm sure there were other lookers than just people you knew. Yeah, there was probably, you know. 100, 150, a little more. Eee, that sick. is crazy. Yeah. But I, I would be scared. You have to understand, there's probably 20 people watching I, my I, I'd feel like the stage fright goes away when you got yeah, like actual yeah. fight or flight yeah. responses that have yeah, to happen. You're, you're sitting there and you're worried about what your coach is going to say yeah. and your fight. So were you scoping out your guy a little bit beforehand? Yeah, so funnily enough, I kind of didn't want to, but my girlfriend's a very like nosy person. Yeah. And we had the name of the person... Like, you know it the day before. Uh, so somebody did some sleuthing. Yeah, so my girlfriend did some research, uh, and we found out that he was, like, a Taekwondo guy. Interesting. And uh, it made me it made me more comfortable, because we found out he was younger, and we found out that he was Taekwondo. How young? Uh, he was 19. Did y'all weigh in good? Like, yeah. Yeah. On, on weight? On weight, yeah. Good. The first, I had a, funnily enough, I had to run that day to cut weight, but... I've seen clips. Uh, so you're from on like the edge. UFC, yeah, I was and on the edge, yeah. people have weighed in like horribly, yeah. and it's just like imagine you're going up against somebody who's like ten pounds overweight to to you, and like that doesn't seem like a big difference. That could be it, 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 a, that difference. Would be a huge difference. So like the UFC, amateur, I've seen clips where yeah. it's just like, bro, really amateur fighting, especially since it was my first fight. You're not really gonna cut weight like that, yeah, just because that's just added stress. Yeah, yeah. And I, I fought my, like, what I weigh. So mm-hmm. I didn't really, like, I just, 
I probably ate a little too much the day before, and so I decided to run it off. Yeah. So the cut, cutting the weight, cutting the weight wasn't really bad at all. We didn't like. It's not like it was like for the UFC. They have like a month process yeah. of slowly cutting the weight down. Imagine having a month and still coming in overweight <sighs> just to get weight. That's crazy. Yeah, that shit's tough. And but it's because they got to keep it as yeah. close as possible. That's how they mm-hmm. keep it hyper competitive. Yes, that's the biggest thing. Is just making an even fight. Mm-hmm. And as the competition gets better, it's like better, actual skill. It's not who's like the bigger guy. It's yeah. literally just hundred percent skill. Yeah. 100% training. That's what makes us, that to me, that's what makes the sport so good. It's yeah. Because it's the perfect, like, culmination of uh, even for entertainment, but mm-hmm. just, like, who put in the work. Yeah. You know? so, for sure. So during the fight, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but you win on the first day. You don't have to give me a full play-by-play of y'all slinging yeah, the shots how at do you each think other. you won? But how did, how did it go over time? Uh, like, did you just wear them down? Yeah, essentially. Uh, so we get yes. we went with the game plan. It's very simple because it's my first fight. You know, yeah. he doesn't want to make me nervous, and he, and he just kept it like, "Hey man, we're gonna start. You're gonna you're gonna listen to me. Just leave. if you listen to me the whole time, you'll be fine." Yeah. And yet again, this is why I was probably so calm. It's like, okay, all yeah. I have to do is do that, and it was a simple game plan. Start with literally just a jab cross. Yeah. And building off of that, and yeah, it was wearing them down over the time. But then you so you start jab cross, and I literally was jab crossing for the main majority of the first round and there's only three rounds and it's only two minutes around mm-hmm. you don't have like an insane amount of time to set stuff up but yeah start with the jab cross and then just go from there and slowly add more yeah uh yeah but the biggest thing was just wear them down and just try to show them that, that i'm more conditioned in terms of like mm-hmm. taking shots so yeah it, it worked perfectly i you know all props to my coach for sure so you were getting your hits in and basically won by decision yeah. The judges said that you had a better fight yeah. than the other person. It was unanimous decision, which is like the closest thing you can do besides just knocking him out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that's and you don't always want to knock somebody out. Yeah, either. especially yeah. I mean, especially like a nineteen-year-old. Yeah, but yeah. It does feel weird that you're fighting someone. I, I wouldn't want to knock him out. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing is though, when you're going into that and you understand that it's like, well, it's yeah, a brutal sport. It's just kind of like, okay, like I got, with the I got, absolutely. I got to fuck you up. So your shit absolutely. could get rocked, or his shit could be ro- yeah. get rocked. So, but it's, maybe save that, save the KOs yeah. for when you like. It's a weird, it's a weird play for sure because you're both like, are like, just you both kind of train to fight. Yeah, you know you're the you same. You know what you're there for. You're the same kind both of person. You know, you know? Yeah. like you're sitting there like you were. We both just trained to fight because we think it's cool, and then you gotta fuck them up. It's weird for sure. So, so was there like any cognitive dissonance in that way? Was it difficult for you to be like, okay, this is a random schmo that I've never met before. I gotta fuck this man up. That's the point. I'm trying to think I'm about it. Right. It's not. No, you don't feel any type of way about it. Yeah. Yeah. They, Good. Cause yeah, y'all know what you really, sign up. For. Yeah, I, I mean, you go in there and just like anything can happen to me. So I got, I, yeah. I'm just you just gotta lock in. Honestly, it should definitely just be a space of like respect, but also yes. like enjoyment. Yeah, to some degree, because yeah. it's like you're training because you actually want to do that, mm-hmm. and so there has to be some appreciation for the sport, for them as an athlete, all that. So you won unanimously the first day. So after that. How do you kind of prepare for the next fight? Do you do any more training, or are you just resting after a big-ass day of fighting? Because yeah. you had to fight, like, the next day type yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to eat. Don't do anything. Good. Relax, and then uh, warm up for the next fight. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing. It wasn't stressful. You know, it was just kind of like, because it's a tournament. That's kind of your coach's job, yeah, too, yeah, to and make you, sure that... 
part of the reason why we didn't cut a lot of weight too is because it's a multi-day tournament so mm-hmm. you don't want to cut yeah. weight and make weight it's, every day yeah it's not gonna stay like you couldn't even if this you was, could not cut it off yeah. you would you would yeah. run to lose the weight and you'd be too exhausted for your fucking yeah time. and if you were to even if this was like ufc level because it was a tournament you yeah it would just be severely unhealthy to cut mm-hmm. that much weight and fight and i wouldn't even want to do that i I I'm, I was kind of iffy on the tournament thing because I was like, uh, like you know, fights, it's, a dang, yeah. it's a dangerous sport. You know, I don't want to put my brain in danger like that. But I, you could also definitely want prior experience before doing back to back. Yeah, but I mean, it's amateur. Most people don't get knocked out. Yeah, <laughs> and I put in the work, and yeah, it was it was cool. You are worried about how much you're gonna hurt is gonna affect the next fight. But I mean, at the end of the day, if it's really that bad, you could always just drop out. Yeah. So were you? But you uh, Going in that second day, you said that you weren't too fucked up, that you were still feeling physically pretty fine. Yeah. Were you fucked up at all? I was bruised up on my ribs a little bit, but mm-hmm. like nowhere near the point where I was like, oh, I was nervous about it. And your adrenaline's rushing so much too. Like, I didn't even, like, unless you get hit in the head pretty hard yeah. and like you kind of get like a flash, you don't feel it. Mm-hmm. Like. You know it. You know you're probably gonna feel it later, but like it's just it's yeah, all adrenaline. Definitely, all adrenaline. It's that's all what it's supposed to do. That's yeah. what it's supposed to do. It's yeah. just make you tap in, do what you gotta do, not feel that shit. Did you scope out the guy on the second day at all? Uh, we tried. Well, my girlfriend tried. I didn't really try, but uh, we couldn't get too much information on him. Uh, we found out that he was 25. Oh, that was about the biggest thing. Interesting. But I mean, yet again, I mean. So he's much older. Than yeah, it isn't. Well, it's only three years, and you. It's all. That depends on how long. It's all based on training. Experience. Yeah. yeah. Twenty five. That's why when you're fighting a nineteen year old, you're not like too like. Oh, it's a nineteen year old. Twenty five yeah. is supposed to be like your because physical it, prime as a guy, right? Well, it's when your brain's done developing. Your physical prime's like from like there to like thirty is what I've always kind of thought. So yeah. People have always had like different opinions on that. Yeah. I think your prime's like 26, 30, 32. Anything past that, you're probably just on the decline, or you're fighting the the decline. I don't know if I swallowed a bug. <laughs> it felt like I did. Damn. You got any water left? Yeah. That would be helpful. I'll be fine. <laughs> In that second fight, what went wrong? Because I know you said that you lost by decision. Basically, it wasn't unanimous decision, and that you kind of got fucked. But let me know what happened. Like what what was so different than the first fight? Where it so the first, it, it kind of went the same way. Or I, I lost the first round. I lost the first round in both fights. I think looking back on the first fight, I it, in the moment it felt like I lost the first round in both fights, and then I came back the last two. Mm. Um, but looking back in the first fight, I think I won every round. And looking back in the second fight, uh, I don't think I got beat up as bad as it felt like I did mm. in the first round. But yeah, for the first round, he boxed me up for sure. Had way more output than me for sure. Like, I definitely lost the first round of that second fight. You know, I just told myself I had to come back, so I came back strong, made mm-hmm. sure I had more output. Um, and looking back on that fight, my coach at the end of the fight, I felt like I lost, but my coach at the end of the fight was like, hey, you you won that fight. And he was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If you win, but you lost, I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you you lost. And if, if you lose, but you won, I'm going to tell you you win. Mm-hmm. You won. And he's like, I think you won that fight. And I was like, I don't know if I agree with it, but then looking back on it, yeah. I, it wasn't as bad as it was. It was close. It, it yeah. felt like you were getting fucked up, but like you yeah. were actually able to I defend yourself yeah. pretty well. Yeah, I was yeah. never, I never in either of the fights was like, oh, I'm going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I'm going to get really hurt. And I think if, you know, reflecting on that, yeah. 
Because you have offensive skills and defensive skills that you have to learn an equal balance on both. Yeah, so looking back on that is like, okay, yeah. It, well, I probably didn't get beat up as bad as I thought. Yeah. Lost or you could have if, if you didn't really know what you were doing. Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing is like, okay, I I hurt him more than he hurt me. Mm-hmm. And that was very hard to tell when you're in the yeah, moment. Yeah, somebody getting more licks in doesn't mean that they're hitting yeah, good every time. I was crunching his leg. Mm-hmm. And he was hitting me more, but I wasn't, I wasn't wobbling. I wasn't like, oh, that hurt yeah. really bad or anything like that. He was just hitting Weak-ass shit. That's what he's saying. Yeah. He, he had more output, I think, and I think that's the ultimate reason he won. But looking back on it, I, I, I definitely believe I won just in terms of he left more hurt than I yeah. did. You had better hits. and Best thing about judges, that's that's the thing about leaving it up to decision. So I'm not mad either way. If they told me I won, I would be like, yeah, if they told me I lost. And So would there so, have been a third fight if you had won that? Yes. Mm-hmm. that And three fights max. So that would have been my last fight. Whether I won or lost, I went to the third fight. But, yeah. So coming out of that... <laughs> Uh, second day not going necessarily the result you wanted to go, but you're coming off of a win yesterday. Does the loss kind of make the win hard to celebrate now that you can actually drink and stuff again? Now that you can actually enjoy celebrate. yourself and not have your body on a tight swivel? Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> the The moment of, of winning, I'll never forget. It was very cool to be like, oh. Like, just the... Yeah, you know. Relief's not the best word, because I wasn't like, oh, there's this weight lifted off of me. But, like, just the relief that, like, I, I did what I was supposed yeah, to yeah. do. It was like, oh, like... Uh-huh. You kind of know you can do it now, too. The tension's like, just released. Sure. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I, I won my first fight. Not, you know, it's a 50-50 shot. Not everyone can say they yeah. won their first fight. And yeah. the, 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 the process of me, like, getting my hand raised and then walking out was just like, that was really cool. That was really cool. So they literally had like a ref to raise your hand mm-hmm. and people were getting hype and shit. Yeah, it's cool, man. Sick. It's a it's a fun sport, but yeah, it's I, like the movies, just like the movies. Yeah, it, it was the best. It was the best uh, walking out of the ring when I was just like, yeah. it's done, and I won. Absolutely, like, you can't take that away from me. So do you get hammered in Nashville right after the second fight? I don't get hammered, but because uh, I can't, dude. Like I was sober for so long. Yeah, and I don't drink that much. You really. fucking like fuck yourself up if you just started really started drinking. Yeah, yeah. So really like, drinking. After yeah, that. I don't. I, I don't really get like fucked up like that anyway. Yeah. I you know two three drinks in, I'm feeling where I'm at regardless yeah, and where you should be. Yeah, and then, so all I did was drink how I normally drink, and then it's like, oh my gosh, I need to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, your body exhausted for the past couple of days. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, and I like the how healthy I am when mm-hmm. I'm training to fight. Like, I, I, like that's my preferred self. So, like, me, like, kind of, like, going crazy. Not going crazy, yeah, but, but like, you like, let you loose. Know, yeah, just letting loose a little bit is kind of like, I kind of feel bad, you know? Not because... Don't, don't, yeah. Don't feel <coughs> guilty about it, though, yeah. definitely. Still yeah. try to enjoy it, because, like, you're you're doing that for so long, it really is only healthy yeah. to have yeah. a, a little bit of time mm-hmm. for yourself where you don't got to worry about your form or healthness or yeah. anything. You can just actually mm-hmm. relax. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's hard when the only thing on your mind is, like, your diet and, like, your consistency in your <coughs> training. Yeah. Yeah, I think what made that easier is like I kind of said earlier is that like my identity is not drowned yeah. in kickboxing. Yeah. So like my identity is kind of like okay, I want to be a healthy person in general, regardless of competition. Mm-hmm. I want to be a healthy person in general. So like I kind of want to, I, I kind of just live that lifestyle anyway. And I never really let my diet go away even after the fight. But mm-hmm. like 
I took a day off of training to hang out with friends, and I was like, you know, in the moment, you're like, oh, I got, I kind of, I, I want to train because you know, I, I am fighting. Yeah. But I was glad I did because it was like I got to hang out with my friends and I had yeah, you got complete all relaxed, not have to like, yeah, for sure. But I don't like that day. I trained like not necessarily like in the gym, but I still worked out. Like I want to work out every day too. So should but, do. Yeah, yeah. You know. but, so yeah. you want to talk about van living a little bit? Van living. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the yeah the last day we lived out of the car, or not lived, but slept in the car, only because the fucking hotels were so fucking expensive. Yeah. But if I had to fight, I would have gone to a hotel, just because yeah. the sleep. The sleep was not good that night, <laughs> just because we were I'm sleeping sure it in wasn't. the car. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we slept in the car to save money. <laughs> and when they, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> when they originally said that, I thought that they were saying that they slept in Pierce's car, which... Has some fun. room to it, you'd be able yeah. to fit like a air mattress or something in there. Mm-hmm. But then I found out that they did it in Remy's car, and her car is little as hell. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know how the fuck that even worked. We made it work by uh, putting the back seats down. It's a Chevy Malibu for people that don't know. Um, we put the Google back seat. a Chevy Malibu right now. Put it's the, not a large car. Put the back seat down and then put the feet in the trunk because you could like. The trunk is open. You can put the back seat down. So it wasn't that bad. Feet in the trunk. Once you, once you, you if you find a good spot, you're chilling. I've never, I've never, like, slept, you like, sleep, I've never slept in a car out of town before. Where yeah. do you set up camp? At Cracker Barrel, because that's like one of the places you can't get towed. Hey, <laughs> how remember, do you know that? I remember I told Google my coach, it? and my coach was like, "You're a fucking idiot, bro." <laughs> Did you like, like Google? We didn't have an air mattress. He's like, "You could have just slept in our hotel room." He's like, "Oh, whoops." But yeah, did you uh, Google places where they don't tow you? Yeah, in Nashville specifically, because it's city to city. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's exactly what it is. It, it was chill at first. We were in this like bowling alley parking lot, but like it was like still open, so we didn't move. Because it was we, we went to a PF first because they're twenty four hour, so you could park there anyway. But then it was next to a bowling alley where like if people were partying, D- dude, bro, motherfuckers were drifting around us, bro. They were getting lit. And they were drifting around our fucking car. So we're like, okay, it's time to go. Like doing donuts around you? Dead ass, bro. And I'm looking around, I'm looking around, I'm like, okay, we're moving. Absolutely not. <laughs> Pierce should have got out of the car and be like, do you know who oh, I no. am? Get a little training in. You don't want these hands. Yeah, it was, it was so, quite the experience. For sure, it was funny. So before this fight, you've kind of talked about it, like you don't know how long you're gonna do this fighting thing what did that experience your first experience with a win and a loss how did that make you feel about your future in it that's a very good question it reinforced like me wanting to do it yeah for sure uh are you addicted to winning now <laughs> no i mean dude the really the reason i got into it was just because i i like it i like yeah. the grind it makes me feel like i'm doing something mm-hmm but, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I ask myself this question all the time. I know my coach, he believes in me. Like, he, I'm sure he believes that I could, you know, take it yeah, as far as I want sure. to. But I don't know. I, it's a tough question to see how far I want to go with it. <clears throat> it's been a big question in my life right now, to be honest. Because I got, you know, three avenues that I'm kind of pursuing in terms of just like regular work, potentially personally training and uh, fighting and music. It's kind of a weird, like... You gotta find a balance. Yeah, it's a weird thing, like, well, I don't want to drop music. I I don't want... 
<coughs> I don't want to drop fighting, but I also don't want to drop a stable income. Yeah. Have you thought about getting a job like actually training? You know, I, that would be good. Because then you'd kind of be covering two yeah, things at two once. You could kind of train yourself while you're training somebody else. and It's it's tough. I, I, I mean, I, I uh, my coach definitely thinks, I think he wants me to in the future for yeah. sure. Just to help him out. Mm-hmm. And I want to get back to the gym, of course. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, that would be nice. Uh, but the thing is, it, it, it all interferes with every everything else. But yeah, it, it would be best to do something like that for sure. Where you can kind of yeah multitask. Where my work and my pay is in tandem with fighting for sure. Yeah. But I mean, I've made I have obligations with uh, the place I'm working at now, and I don't want to give those up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's tough, man. Like three, it's it's a fork in the road, but like it's not a fork in the road because I'm not going to give up on any of them. Yeah. So it's yeah, just yeah, it's sure. just a grind. So uh, next step, next fight in July in Louisville. I believe so. Yeah. Is it another tournament style thing? Mm-hmm. Just a card, so just be one fight, and that's nice. I, I I'm more into that for yeah. sure. Just because you only have to make weight once. Well, know. it's not. And if slight. you get fucked up, you don't have to fight another fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When it's, it's done, it's done. Yes. It'll be great having it here, though, because you know we can make it fat. Yeah, that's that's the that thing would be sick. I'm most excited for, for sure, is having friends pull up. A home so, fight. Yeah. So you showed your dad footage of your fights, and he said that he's going to pull up. Yeah. For this next fight. Yeah, my parents initially were like, yeah, we don't want to watch. But yeah, yeah my dad said he'd fight. My mom, I don't think, will ever watch me. Just because I'm, you know, her baby. Yeah. So. Uh, Very mom emotion yeah, yeah. to yeah. just be like, I don't think I could watch that happen. I think the more and more I do it, the my dad would probably not want to watch it too. Because the more yeah. and more I do it, the better and better it gets, the more brutal it is. Yeah, more likely you're about to get fucked up or fuck somebody up. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe I... I don't, I don't know. I, that, that's the thing about it is you don't know. But, like, maybe I get, like, fucked up on fight, and it's just kind of like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I, you don't know. I, I, I'm down. But that's kind of the risk anytime you go yeah. to the ring. Like, that could have happened yeah. in your tournament. You never know. Like, I could have broken my leg and be like, oh, shit, this is a sign from God. <laughs> yeah, right. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not that kind of person where, like, you know, I kind of committed to it. Like, if, like, if I get fucked up this next fight, yeah. it probably won't be my last one. Yeah, because that shouldn't be the case. You, yeah, I don't want to let something deter yeah, you like that. Exactly. Because it's while we're young, it's just an injury. You can recover from yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. Later on in life, you might yeah. get fucked up and you never walk the yeah, same again. Exactly. But like, yeah. that's when you gotta actually start debating that shit. Right now, you can get yeah. fucked up and you'll be all right. That you, is definitely you could yeah. fight again. Biggest thing for sure is that you're young, compete now. That's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Any last thoughts about it? No, it's funny how like talking about it's weird for me. Plug your next fight. Where uh, is it? When's it at? I, so I don't actually technically know location TBD. Yeah, we'll have you back. It on. will be either just across the river or in Louisville. Sick. And I actually don't know how details much, to come. I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about it to be honest, because it's not. It's yeah. technically my. Uh, it'll be my Koji's card. He he's announced it. He's announced it. Louisville. Okay, we we can stop with the classified information right there. Yeah. That's a little scoop for you all to keep going on. That was hey baby. I'll be gone a while away from you And I hope you understand That I've got to do what I must do To be a better man Cause if I was just to act a fool Do nothing with myself Then all my blessings would be cursed My world would crumble in It's a joy when I sit down and think Of the good times that we have And what we do to make I don't know if it's Steph or Steve or Marley, I don't know Steph. 
What makes you fuck with that song? I can relate to the lyrics a lot in terms of like uh, Stephen Marley going where he's like, if you're not working, all my blessings will be cursed and stuff like that. Where she's talking about how he has to provide or else, you know, you're kind of failing. <laughs> and I, uh, I feel that a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you were talking about before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as the struggle in between. I'm, I'm looking at the first verse, dude, and he's literally saying, if I was just to act a fool, do nothing with myself, then all my blessings would be cursed, my world would crumble. It's yeah. like, yeah, if you don't put time into yourself, then you're not going to get anything out of life, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I always just kind of fuck with that, like, island vibe, too. Mm-hmm. Reggae has a great sound. I'm a bitch for that, man. And stuff like uh, a lot of like the stuff coming out of Nigeria, I love that sound. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know Rima? Uh, Yes, I one song. Uh, Is is he make the soundgasm? You ever heard that? Is that Uh that song? Let me look that up. Yes, that is Rima. Very fire song. It's another song y'all should listen to. Sound soundgasm. Interesting. I like the sound of that song too. Just off of first impression. Yeah. Uh, I called that it was most deaf. Which yeah. doesn't make me a genius, but but how how old do you think that song is? is Twenty nineteen. So it's a newer song. Cool. See, they be tricking me, bro. Mm-hmm. By the they, way, they, they they make it sound. They be tricking me with kind of that old school sound. It needs and, to come back, Louis. We keep talking about oh this no shit. oh no 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 two thousand seven. <laughs> hey hey, that's that's splitting Still. the difference though. Yeah, that's uh, it's not contemporary, but it's not. Golden Age either would yeah, be kind of yeah, what yeah. it sounded like. Yeah, sure. I guess most F was more active around like the 2000s area, mm-hmm. which I feel like we played a lot of music kind of from that time frame, like the 2000s, which is funny because that's really a time where people say that the cell phone rap was a thing. Dude, I was literally just rap. thinking about like a, a mid 2000s song. Where I was like, if you're something, have something, I got something. <laughs> what was that song? Some DMX. DMX, nice. I don't really listen to DMX like that. Man, I should. I he has know. a couple great songs. I haven't been able to get into all of his music, but he has some good shit. Yeah. For sure. It's crazy. It's just like so many people out there that sometimes you don't even listen to like revered artists. You know? mm-hmm. Some people don't even make the effort to. I've also been listening to a lot of like Jay Z. I feel like there's just something about a more old school sound. Yeah. That really hits. And they're willing to try shit. Like samples from a certain time period just go crazy. Like you don't hear samples like that. You ever so I have this one song from Reasonable Doubt that I just started listening to called Feeling It. You know that song? Feeling It. Yeah, that song's fire. Feeling it. That song's Feel the high that you get from the lie. What is that? That's gotta be a sample, right? I don't know. I'm sure it is. I've heard someone interpolate it before, so I knew that song before I knew it. What's the difference between interpolate and interpret? It's kind of the same thing. Okay. Uh, Reasonable Doubt is my favorite Jay-Z album. I think Mm -hmm. that's premier golden era rap that goes in line with so many of the other classics of the time. But I just feel like it just separates itself, bro. The writing and the hooks and just the moments in it make it so fucking defining. Like the evils with the Nas sample that made them have the beef. But yeah, Can't Knock the Hustle, fucking feeling it. Brooklyn's Finest with Biggie. That was some shit. It's crazy how the samples all get flipped around, man. I think... Jay-Z might be the most quoted rapper. 
you don't think it's like Wu Tang? Well, Wu Tang's not a rapper. Yeah, that's yeah. So my statement still, but I just feel like so many of his lines and so many of the things that he said have just been said in different ways and re quoted so many different ways just over time. Yeah. It's just pop culture at this point, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, people start flipping things that they don't even understand that it's Jay-Z who kind of started it. Yeah. Yeah. But at that point, can you even, like, you can draw the origin to Jay-Z? It's, it's like, kind of just a known phrase, you know? It's like some Shakespeare shit, bro. Yeah. Where his shit just got tossed around so much where it just evolved into different things. Yeah. But they still started with him. But how much of that can you attribute to Shakespeare? Shakespeare. A lot of it. Yeah. He literally was invented the words and shit. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. Hard. That's hard. Not Invented, saying that Jay-Z did that, but he did that in a different way. You know what's so funny, too, is when you invent words, I feel like people don't like it. But once people start using what you invented yep. is when people start liking it. It's kind of like the you don't appreciate it till it's gone kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's weird how that works. I think whenever, I don't know, some artists are just more about pushing the boundaries and not giving a fuck about what people think. Yeah, there definitely are artists who are just like, trying to experiment yeah. just curious naturally and just want to hear what kind of sound they can make and produce and like get out there yeah versus artists that really do just want that bag i mean but want to make something that's going to be popular and yeah, yeah, yeah think about make a that. like have you heard that uh tyler quote where he's talking about uh fuck, who is it basically he's talking with another artist and he's like do you like house music He's like, yeah, I think it's got a good sound. And then he's like, no, I'm talking house music, like music that will get you a house. Yeah, he was talking to Pharrell. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, bro, imagine somebody looks you dead in the eyes and is like, do you want to make music that will get you a house? Yeah. <laughs> bro. Yeah, that's, that hard. that's a hard quote for sure. No, I mean house music. House music. <laughs> that's just fucking crazy. But like, that, that really is like, there is a difference. There are people who are in it for the creative process and all that, and there are people who are just like, I'm buying myself a new fucking car with this on. Like, yeah. shit. Yeah, for sure. It's weird how that, how you kind of got to play on that as an artist, because the only way you can monetize it is you kind of have to be like, okay. You have to give in sometimes. You have to play the game a little yeah, bit. You yeah, have yeah. to you have to make one song where you're like, you know, I can see this popping off if, <laughs> if the market responds positively yeah i think the best way to do it is to just ride the line the balance of Mm -hmm. what's what's good now and what's pushing Mm -hmm. because i don't know i think the audience especially if you're if you are trying to have a big audience the audience appreciates you leading in to what is known to be good but then they also don't want something they've heard before yeah so i think that jack harlow is bad at that yeah, because mm-hmm. sounds like a lot of other shit to me. They don't. I think a lot of people don't understand the context of the situation they're in. It's like okay, you have to you have to view it from multiple perspectives, multiple audiences' perspectives. Uh-huh. Okay, like what about your, your the people that have known all your music? Yeah, what about your day one motherfuckers who who yeah. are a fan of uh, say with Jack Harlow, like uh, Gazebo and shit like that? Yeah, and then you have to think about the audience you don't have that is going to be listening to it. They aren't going to appreciate anything that is, like, super, like, meta in terms of your Mm -hmm. music. 
they don't want callbacks in a song that yeah, they're yeah. just hearing for the first time. Yeah. Um, but then it, I mean, you have to satisfy. You have to satisfy that. You have to yeah. satisfy so many. And you got to ride the line of that. You got to ride the line of the the new audience. You got to ride the line of the people that are putting money into your album. That's why it's so hard to sustain popularity. Because yeah. the more popular you are, the more audiences you have mm-hmm. to. I mean, think about it on a global level. When you really start crossing over, mm-hmm. and motherfuckers are in China listening to your shit. How is your shit gonna cross over to China if they don't give a fuck about the sound? If it just sounds bland and they don't understand it, they're not listening for the lyrics. I think I think to a certain extent, don't worry about the international fans. If the international claims there, the international claims there. Because like once you start going, oh, how are the people in London going to think about this? But but then think about not please anyone. Think about that the other way though. Those motherfuckers in UK doing they the rap, rap shit, to... they are fucking... So they can be big over there, but yeah. until they start crossing over over here, until they start being like some skeptic people, they're not really mainstream. They're not really making, you know... That is usually the, the case, same though, like type Amer- of The American is. market is the market, you know? Yeah. Like, they want our viewership. Our so from an American-centric point of view, it is like, okay, uh, you, can, you can make a living... Just off of motherfuckers here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the difference. You got it, it depends on what you're okay with. Like if you're okay with being a hometown hero, but no one past, you know Gary, Indiana knows you. I mean it just depends on what you're okay with, I guess, in terms of income and in terms of fame. Like, I don't know. I wanna be able to go to a country and not be known. Mm-hmm. For sure. But, but that's a whole ass other country. But wouldn't yeah. it also be that's cool... That's still pretty famous. Wouldn't it also be cool if you went to, like, Madagascar or some shit, and they were just like, that's Pierce hey. Wells. <laughs> that's my favorite musician right there. Come be in the middle of nowhere. Bro, stop. That would be terrible. When the yeah. lemurs start talking to you... <laughs> I don't even think there are people on Madagascar, so there, I might be. There are. Are there? there? Are. Okay, yeah. let me stop saying stupid yeah. shit. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, so here's a few updates that I wanted to bring to the table since we've been gone for so long. So long. So, so much shit has happened. So we talk about with Pierce on this very here telecast about Lamar Jackson getting fucked, how they were trying to pay him $10 million in the year or something like that. Because he wanted all this guaranteed money, which was going against the conventions of shit like that. The domino that fell that helped Lamar Jackson get paid was Jalen Hurts getting paid. Jalen Hurts just went to the Super Bowl this year, and it was his contract year, and he ran it up. And they came to like a 200-something million dollar contract with like a 100-something million guaranteed. And Lamar Jackson was like, okay... I'll, I'll have that. If, if that's the precedent, I'll take that. And it was a very similar deal. Wild. So, Lamar Jackson is now the highest paid NFL quarterback ever. Or <laughs> NFL player ever. Right yeah, so, but uh, what I don't understand was why did that they, they just wild. give it to him. That is wild. Why huh? did they just give it to him? I just don't understand. Yeah, right? I feel like they were dragging it out because they were trying to fuck him. But they were just kind of in a situation. Yeah, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Kind of like filibuster. Where they had Mm -hmm. to do something. Wait them out. I did see, like, the day of or the day before, they did give Lamar Jackson that money. I saw, I don't know if it was a rumor, I don't know if it was true or what, but I saw that the 49ers had reached out to Lamar Jackson Mm -hmm. trying to see if they could get him. So, Mm -hmm. 
that probably scared the shit out of Baltimore because yeah. the 49ers are an infinitely better team than Baltimore. They've made it to the Super Bowl without a good quarterback at all. You'd be plugging playing one of the best quarterbacks right now. Okay, but how do you think Christian McCaffrey would feel about it? He's not a quarterback. No, he's a running back, but Lamar runs a lot. He does take time away from a running back. True. But, I mean, if Christian McCaffrey's fine with it, who knows, who knows what happens. I mean, McCaffrey ain't shit for real. Yeah, he's definitely part of the reason they were as good as they were, I feel like. Last year. Okay. He's a good-ass running back. So, the next thing, we talked about John Morant on here, and a couple months ago, uh, just a quick refresher, uh, he caught a case, basically, because he was showing his gun to a minor on the basketball court. And then, later that day, he really got in trouble because he was on Instagram Live with a gun in the club. And, and we were talking about then, because I replayed a little bit of the episode today just because I wanted to see what the fuck we said about it then. That was before they just gave him a little slap on the wrist. They didn't really do much, but they said the maximum punishment could be like 40-something games or something like that. Yeah. So they gave him a slap on the wrist. They were like, okay, you're young, everybody makes mistakes. Really, you're a superstar and you bring us so much viewership that we can't afford to lose you for playoffs. So you're going yeah. to play, but you have to be better. Like a stern father. You have to be better, otherwise I'm going to be very upset with you. There's been so many memes about this man. John Morant did the shit again, bro. Yeah. Within two months, he did the same thing a third time. He was riding around in the car. He was on somebody's Instagram story, waving guns, listening to NBA Youngboy. <laughs> First of all, he shouldn't be hanging around that guy. He was oh, my him. God. Right? The guy who filmed him fucked him. Because he might be out $200 million now because of his buddy filming him. And I've seen conversations about that. But it is also, like, it's a gun. It's not a fucking toy. It's a gun. Yeah. You wave it around and listen to a young boy in the car with this shit. You just don't need to do yeah, that, bro. you don't bro. respect that gun. Cameras like aside, you don't need to do that, bro. It's not cool to just be waving your gun around. Yeah. Because I mean, the NRA really could be using this as propaganda for them being, like, you know, it shouldn't be a crime to have a gun. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that he's using it as a plaything, fucking just pointing around like a fucking idiot. You don't need to be doing that with a gun, bro. What if some shit happens and it misfires and it kills your home? Speed bump. Exactly. You get a speed bump, you fucking kill yourself accidentally. That's the type of shit that happens when you don't just keep the shit in your waistline like this. You don't need to have it out. If you have it out, you should... You should need to use it. Yes. That should be the situation of Absolutely. when you're waving it around. I mean, to me, I understand that perspective. Uh, to me, if you if you own a gun and you're in your and you're in the privacy of privacy of you know your own privacy, you, know, uh, you wave your gun around, do what you want to do, fine. But, yeah, I mean, but not where you're out on the road and could accidentally shoot someone, yeah, which is like the worst thing you do with a gun, probably. Yeah. You can't is, have people around you filming you, and I don't know. Filming you acting like a dumbass with it. You want? I don't know what he's trying to do. If he's trying to portray like some sort of image, mm-hmm. or if he's trying to, or if he just does not care. Maybe he doesn't care. Know. Maybe he's trying know. to look hard with his friend. I don't know, but you just you just can't. You can't have it be filmed, man. That's my biggest thing. 
It's like, okay, at the end of the day, do I truly, do I really care? No. If you're going to be, if you're going to do what you you're going to do what you want to do regardless of what I say. you got to do it privately. You have to do it privately. It's the only way you get away with it. But the context is what's damning that he's done this before knowingly, mm-hmm. multiple times knowingly, and now it's just, oh, it's his friend being a dick. Whatever, bro. Whatever, bro. It's not but, his friend being a dick. It's on him for having people around him that would jeopardize a, the, a, a, but a generational it, wealth. It is like it is like he's not doing anything illegal. I am definitely agree with that. But as far as, like, I mean, again... This is the same thing we talked about last time. When you're getting these Powerade deals and be getting these Nike deals, that shit you means you have to be advertiser friendly to get the bag. That's yeah. a part of the conditions of the bag. He might see that as something as like being disgenuine of him changing himself for the fact of for the advertisement money. And I can understand but that. But he's not going to get that shit, bro. Yeah, but you have to, yeah, I understand that, but you're going to stay, you're gonna have to stay away from deals like that. But the biggest thing, bro, is you can't, you don't want to throw away this this $200 because you want to, I don't know if he is, what, what he's about in his private life, but you can't, you can't be betraying the image if you want that $200 million. That's kind of the same thing I mm-hmm. said last time, that it's like, I don't know if you're about that or not, but... Either way, you're yeah, fucking it, up the bag. Is it worth Either looking way, hard to just fucking up the bag. risk your yeah. job security, basically? Yeah. And I see a lot of memes about him like trying to act hard like he isn't. I have no idea where he's from or what, how he grew up or anything like that. I have no idea. I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know John Morant. So uh, yeah. be true to yourself, but like, man, like, uh, think first, maybe. I just feel it's like, bro, I want you to get that two hundred million. Don't. Don't throw it away. Don't throw it away, man. Last piece of news, kind of related to this, in a way. Tory Lanez uh, got rejected from getting uh, to the appeal courts, basically, mm-hmm. to appeal the decision. So he's basically going to be stuck in there for 22 years. Damn. Preston, do you got to get the fuck out of here? Yeah, I got to mow a lawn and paint a basement. Uh, all right. It's, yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, we've taken a month off, which is fucking wild. But we're back on that grind, Less and there will be Less no. Really? This would be this episode would be coming out four weeks since the last one. Yeah. Yes, wild, long ass time. Um, but we're gonna be back on that grind. New episode every fucking Friday. Link in bio. Listen to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple Music, Spotify. All that. We have an RSS feed in case you don't want to support either of those. See you next week. Goodbye. Thank you, Pierce. Yeah, no problem.